Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we're doing it again because for some reason it didn't record the first time. Yeah, part duh. Part duh. So this week we're going to be a little newsy. We're going to try to fold in some of the results from the weekend tournaments that I could find. Yep, a little bit of everything this weekend. It's potpourri for 500, Alex. That's right. We've already used that title. Come up with something new. Uh, Sorry. That's fine. It's fine. So um, if you want to tweet at us, you can get us at Casual Tripod. Yep. If you want to hit us up on Facebook, you can do that at Casual Tryhard MTG. As always, you can shoot us an email at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Don't forget about our TCG affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. After you follow that link, we will get a very small cut of whatever you purchase. Perfect for all those brand new Ikoria cars that everyone's selling this weekend. We also have our Patreon at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Uh, If you want to support us a little bit more directly, we understand times are tough, and if you can't, that's fine, but we would greatly appreciate it. We have our YouTube channel, Casual Tryhard MTG. Uh, we don't have anything new up there right now, but if you want to hop over there and subscribe, it'll let you know whenever we do put something up. And new as of last week, we have our Discord server up and running, right? We do. Uh, people were in there talking about their at-home pre-release. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, it super sweet. Yeah, I was putting some thoughts about our adopt a deck. Yeah, um, we'll get to that later. I'm traumatized. But, traumatized. Uh, That's a good word for it. Yeah. Um, also on our Discord server, we have a free stuff section where I've been giving away a handful of the FNM promo uh, arena codes from Theros that are good for APAC. If anyone wants to hop over there and ask for one, I'll gladly give one out. And I also scored a very small number of the uh, arena codes from the pre-release kits from this weekend. Um, I don't have a ton, so hop over there early and I'll go in like chronological order. I can only give them out when I'm at home. For some reason, it doesn't work that well on my phone. So I'll go in chronological order. So just post up and as soon as I get home, I'll you know send a batch out until they're gone. Um, I am working on getting like another chunk of them, but I don't have them in my hand yet. So first come first. That's pretty cool. So when we did this the last time, we got super excited about making money on cards and did a quick like finance section right in the middle of our intro. Now we're out. Now we're out of the intro. Quick little finance section using our TCG affiliate link. Go. Mm -hmm. Doran, the perfect pet is the Godzilla frame card of Sprite dragon. The card is getting a little bit of hype in some of the Eternal formats in like Delver and Phoenix Shells. I know Reed Duke did a video about Grixis Delver in Modern where he didn't perform that great, but the deck looked really strong. That card in particular is, or all the Godzilla cards, I guess, are only available from the collector packs and the box toppers in the boxes of Ikoria. You can't get them in normal booster packs. So once the collector packs run out, the supply is going to effectively be nothing. If that card does gain traction, which, I mean, it's a good card. I don't see why it wouldn't. That card could get really expensive. Right now, they're like sub $5. I think I picked mine up for right around 4 bucks over the weekend. So quick finance spec. Hop on them if that's uh, Delver is your jam. Yeah, I got a playset for like $4 a piece. 
yeah. a playset of the foil ones. Like the non-foil yeah. ones yeah. are like two bucks or something. Yeah, but I think even two dollars for non-foils is a pretty good deal. Yeah, and the um, artwork is super cute and unique. So yeah, and you were saying that the alternate art for I guess they're all the mutate creatures mm-hmm. is super cool in person. Yeah, like looking at them on the computer screen does not do them justice. I wasn't super excited about them other than the lands until like I actually got some cards in my hands. And as soon as I had a free minute at home, I went on TCG player and ordered everything to finish up play sets of all of them. They are all sick. If you happen not playable. If you happen to get a Space Godzilla Death Corona, they are thirty dollars or something right now, twenty five. And plummeting. And plummeting? Death Corona is? Yeah, they were, uh, it's, I mean, it's just an uncommon, so you end up getting like two or three of them out of every collector booster box. Oh, okay. And they were like $200 a couple of weeks ago. Ooh. Yeah. I, my box topper was one. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah, yeah. They are definitely going down. Okay, well, that's good. I kind of want one, but I don't want one for $25 because I'm not going to play it. I just want to have like Death Corona to have a memento of our, uh, of our wonderful time uh, inside. Yeah. Yeah, I briefly thought about dumping it when I had it, but I was like, no, you know what? This will this will always remind me of the set that never was. The set that never was. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's a set that never was because it's getting banned out of existence. I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say for a set that never was, it has made some waves. So yeah. today, Wizards made a bunch of announcements, and they, they made them all on the same day. And Which is kind of weird. The first one they made was a B&R that, you know, as uh, Pleasant Kenobi pointed out, kind of drowned out everything else they were doing. Yeah, especially like the last minute one that they made like two hours ago. Yeah, it was just like, oh, where like that should have got like its own day. Right. I think all three of these should have gotten their own day. You could have done them like today, Wednesday and Friday to give them all time to breathe or something. Yeah, but, I agree. So let's talk about the banned and restricted announcement. Sure. So the the banned and restricted announcement was in Vintage, Legacy, and Brawl. And I know that Vintage and Legacy aren't formats that get played a ton. but right. they, can, they get played a lot more online than they do on paper. Yeah. But they could also be kind of bellwethers for mm-hmm. what might be happening in other formats. And there was some interesting yeah. stuff in the announcement. So in Vintage... They banned Loris. Yep. And as someone that's kind of groundbreaking, right? This is the first card that's ever been banned for power level purposes in Vintage. And they point out that restricting the card doesn't do anything since you only ever play one and it's in your sideboard. Right. So uh, they just outright banned it. Mm-hmm. So other than dexterity cards and Shaharazad, you now and have cards. In anti-cards, you now have Loris yep. as, really as a weird. banned card. From what I saw from people that had played Legacy, like LSV, like the format was just like 90% Loris decks or 80% Loris decks. Yeah. So then in Legacy, uh, we've banned Loris and Zerda. Yeah. So Loris was in like every Delver deck mm-hmm. and... Basically just went in every deck in Legacy with like very little deck building constraint. 
Yeah, I mean, almost every permanent in most legacy decks is CMC two or less. Yeah, and like the only downside is you're giving up a sideboard slot for an eighth card in your opening hand. Like, yeah, that seems pretty good. Yeah, and so like it was just everywhere, much like in vintage. And yep. then they, I think, were afraid that if you get Lodvoris, then the Zerta decks come and take over. So Zerta yeah. reducing the cost of activated abilities by two mm-hmm. made it so like Grim Monolith and Basalt Monolith made infinite mana. So uh, Basalt Monolith is a three mana mana rock that you tap and it makes three, mm-hmm. but then you pay three to untap it. So with Zerta, every time you tapped and untapped it, you netted two mana. Yep. And Grim Monolith is a two mana artifact that taps and makes three and yep. untaps for four. Yep, but with Zerda, it untaps for two, so you net one mana every time. Yeah. So you, people were just getting what walking. What were people playing that in? Like the Bomberman shells? Yeah, it was Bomberman. Okay. So they were afraid that if they got rid of Loris, that then those decks would just like take over and be the only thing anyone would do. Yep, makes sense. So next yes. up is Brawl. Yeah, so- in Brawl we lost two cards. Number one, I'm gonna we're gonna start off with Draneth Magistrate. Yeah, uh, was banned just because like they don't. It's the same reason that they banned Sorcerer Spyglass. They don't want cards that like don't let your opponent play Commander or not Commander Brawl. Like that format's just kind of for funsies. Yeah. So they they want to make sure people are having fun, and when you don't get to play your Commander, you're you're not really having a whole lot of fun. When your opponent turned to Magistrate to you and you're just like, why is this card legal? Right. Like this just seems like weird. Yeah. Especially if your commander is like integral to the deck, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just kind of awkward. And then uh, second from that, they banned Winota. I had been playing a little bit of Brawl over the weekend. I was a little burned out after the dumpster fire that was our adopted deck this week. Sorry, Ken. So I was, yeah, sorry, Ken. (laughs) So I was playing a little bit of Brawl, and I ran into probably four Winota lists. And after I got absolutely dumpstered by the first one, I didn't even play the games when I saw my opponent had Winota. I just scooped. I had my opponent attack with their Winota out and whiff like three times in a row. I was like, you must have built your deck poorly. Oh, you're very lucky because my opponents never whiffed, and they killed me very quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it's like the the engine talk we had before. Winota mm-hmm. just lets you get semi infinite mana. Right. It's like you attack with a couple one ones and you might get fifteen mana worth of of right. stuff for free. Yeah, it's so snowbally. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I guess I'm done here. Yeah, cool. and like unless you have a wrath, it just gets like worse and worse every turn. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should stop making cards that make it so you don't have to pay mana for things. Imagine that. It'd be weird. Yeah. It'd be weird. They didn't mess with standard, modern, or pioneer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think part of the reason they didn't mess with standard is the announcement that they had later on. Right? Correct. They said they had yeah, a. Div- looking back, it makes sense now. Yeah. That they have a. We have a diverse metagame. And the, there's constant evolution in the format, and there's no deck with too high a win percentage. Yeah, and the Red Bull exa- results uh, beg to differ, don't they? Yes. So I could find, I could only find the 
the conversion rates and the win rates for the day one decks in the Red Bull tournament. I know that Blue White Control won the event, but uh, I don't know what like the top eight looked like or anything. I've, I've Google has failed me if they're out there. So yeah. Jeskai Luca Yorian, if we mm-hmm. get the the full name, um, <laughs> Jeskai Yorian Luca Fires. Yes, was. Feels like I'm calling it for dinner. Jeskai Yorian <laughs> Luca Fires, get over here right now. Yeah, and you're mad. <laughs> So, (laughs) this tournament had 4,661 players. Huge. That is a huge event. That is a huge event, right? Right. To win one. So, it was that many people to win one spot, uh, one of the 16 spots in the grand finals, and $5,000. Could you imagine? Like magic players would lose their minds if they went to a GP and it was forty seven hundred people for five grand. They get yeah. mad when it's like four hundred people for fifteen yeah. or twenty grand. Like this is terrible EV. Right. <laughs> this is basically if everyone had an equal chance to win, you all had a shot at a dollar. Was your your EV, <laughs> was your expected value was a dollar. Um. <laughs> So that's a pretty big sample size, right, of yeah. of players. And they played eight rounds, which, you know, isn't isn't enough, but whatever. So there was a hundred It is pretty impressive logistically though to yeah. do this without like a client that supports it. Yeah, I don't know how they're doing it. But yeah. Good uh, on them. and so day two was the top hundred and twenty eight players with a record better than six uh, one and one on day one. So I okay. guess that means better than six one on one means it was seven one May or six oh two. Correct. Yeah. So basically, if you got a loss, you were pretty much done or close basically. to it. Of the 4,700 people that showed up, 464 of them showed up with Jeskai Luca. Holy moly. And you're like, yo, cool. That's like 10% of the field. That doesn't feel bad. Well, there were 48 of them on day two Mm -hmm. out of 128, which made them (laughs) 37.5% of the field. So if you sat down, if this was a GP and you sat down at a table in day two, three of the people at your table would be on the same deck? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's... So yeah, basically, in day two, a third of the people were on Jeskai uh, Luca. Yeah. And so it's like, okay. Now they had the win rates. So Mm -hmm. I guess the the next highest percentage was Boros Cycling. So... There were 242 people that showed up with Boros, so about half as many people that showed up with Jessica Luca. Right. Only 17 of them made it to day two. So it was 13%. So Jessica Luca was like two and a half, almost three times. Yeah. The next deck in day two. Man, that's impressive. Yes, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, and another thing going through the um, the list, something close to eighty percent of the decks 
had a companion. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some that don't list a companion, like Boros Cycling, but like Boros Cycling always plays Loris. Right. So, like, you know, it's there. And there are a few mm-hmm. other ones that, like, you know, didn't specifically have, like, the companion listed, but, but you know. Like and Rack doing. Sacrifice plays Loris. Well, there's Rakdos Sacrifice Obosh and Rakdos Sacrifice Loris were both listed. And then oh, okay. down at the bottom, there was just Rakdos Sacrifice. I don't know if that person just didn't want to get any new cards from the new set. And they were just like, nope. Nope, I'm rolling yeah, with what I, I rolled. What they were doing, but they're wrong. Yeah, they're wrong. There were 13 people out of the 4,000 showed up with that deck. One of them made it to the next day. <laughs> uh, but there were... 80% of the decks, 80% of day two had a companion. Mm-hmm. So that's that's just kind of crazy for our diverse and ever-evolving metagame, right? Now, they also uh, Wizards also said, hey, no deck has too high of a win percentage. <laughs> that's laughable. Jeskai Luka's win percentage in this 4,700-person tournament? Right. Was sixty one percent. Just to put that in perspective, with a percentage of the metagame that high, like that includes mirror matches. Yeah, well, this was day. Oh. This was day one. Was sixty one. So yeah. you know, it did like it was ten percent of the day one metagame. Mm-hmm. So it does include mirror matches, but it wasn't like like if the, the win rate was sixty percent day two, which I can't find. Like then it would yeah. be super absurd, but even at like ten percent, yeah. Like you know, if ten percent of the games or something, or you know, seven percent or whatever it is, there are mirror matches. Those go to fifty fifty. So the actual non mirror match win rate has to be in the middle sixties, right? Somewhere around sixty five to seventy, which is a huge, huge problem. Yes, like giant, giant mm. problem. Like any other time would require immediate bannings. Yes. The next highest win rate, just scanning through here, Mono White Loris, which had 20 decks. Mm-hmm. So a... I'm assuming that's the All the Glitters deck? I'm assuming so as well, which yeah. is a, you know, a minuscule sample size compared to 464, had a 57% win rate. If you have a deck that's like, I would say if you had like a deck that was a larger percentage of the field, but there's really not, then it goes to 53. So that Mm -hmm. 57 is an outlier. Everything else is 53% or below. Yeah. And usually when you have the best deck in the format, you would think, oh man, they probably get game one, but game two, everyone just has like, Seven cards that they bring in. Yeah. Jeskai Luka's uh, win rate went up post-board. It went from 59.6 to 61.8. That's even more surprising now that we're talking about it on the show and I'm thinking about it than it was before we were were recording and I was thinking about it. Because that's an 80-card deck. How does your win rate go down or go up? After sideboard, when you're running an 80 card deck, I mean, you're not drawing them too often, but I doesn't even make sense. I think it's more, more that there's not a good way to hate out the deck. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, we I sent you an article uh, from I do believe TCG player from Nick Prince who uh, was like we're in a format where everyone's playing four mana sorcery speed enchantments yeah. and like five and six and seven drops like mm-hmm. disdainful stroke should be amazing but yep. that card doesn't get played because if your opponent sticks it to fairy you look like a dope yeah it just rots in your hand yeah you're like and, uh, we'll oh. talk about that that in particular a little bit more when we get to the uh adopt the deck thing because that was yeah. one of the points i made about the uh yes. the bolas grixis deck yeah so jeskai luca was kind of the best deck last week and it's still the best deck this week. It's funny. Mm-hmm. I was listening to last week's Arena deck list, and they were like, oh, well, Jeskai Luka is, like, people are getting more aggressive. So, you know, that might put put a, a pinch on that. And uh, Watsy's doing a show. It's like the, what is it called? It's some metagame thing where it's okay. like, oh... It's Riley Knight, Cedric Phillips, and Maria Bartholi. And then, okay. like, random fourth person. It's been Corey ba- Baumeister the last couple weeks. And they yeah. were talking about how, like, oh, look, these, like, aggressive... De- like, I think, like, Mono Red Obosh won, like, the... Mat- no, it was Teamer... Teamer Wreck won... Not Teamer Wreck. Uh, Teamer Adventures won the weekend mm-hmm. before. And they're like, oh, see, this deck's really good against... Uh, Jessica Luca. And yeah, it's supposed it's, to have a decent matchup. But it's one of those things. It's one of those things that, like, it, I feel like it's Luca is the thing that is there, and like yeah. you can craft a narrative that it that oh, it didn't win the tournament, but mm-hmm. at no point have we realistically been like, oh, well, that deck didn't win the tournament, so it's not the best deck. It's like no, like you know, it's yeah. 40% of your day two metagame. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's winning 6% of its games. It's the best deck, but maybe the person in their 80 card deck didn't draw the nuts. Right. In the finals and lost. And we're like, oh, well, see, it's not the best deck. This other deck won. It's like, yeah. Yeah. The, the person had one, one bad draw and it happened to be in the finals and they lost. Yeah. So it was where it counted. Yeah, but you can't erase the entire tournament and be like, oh, we'll see. Oh, this other deck won. Yeah. So, so yeah, we have a diverse and a very, very good metagame. Yeah, uh, according to Wizards. According to Wizards. So, yeah. yeah. Now, the thing that was most interesting in this BNR announcement, other than, you know, the bands, the actual bands, is right. that they mentioned at the end that they were aware that a lot of people feel like they're playing against more companions that they should than they should. And mm-hmm. they're concerned about repetitive gameplay and repetitive game states, which is something that we've you know talked about on the show a bunch of times now. Yeah. Um, like our last couple episodes specifically, we mentioned it. Yeah. As I think it was pleasant Kenobi or someone else might've mentioned, like how are they worried about this and then let them get out the door? Yeah. Like, how are you, how was this your concern? This is now a concern, but how did you not realize this in development? Yeah. And then a little bit just after that, they were like, basically, we're willing to, in the future, change the rules for for a companion. Yeah, that was weird. It was just kind of like thrown in the very last sentence. Like, I think a lot of people missed it the first time around, but that's like something unprecedented. It is like, 
they've I think people have used uh, the legend rule as like, hey, they've changed the legend rule like three times. Yeah, that's completely different though. It I is. mean, they didn't they didn't fix the legend rule because like legends were breaking the game. They changed it a couple times like to just make the game easier to track basically. Well, I think that the original legend rule did break the game where like Oh, you couldn't. Well, no, the ori- like if if you played I'm your legend first, if your I played just couldn't cast theirs. If they cast it, it it died. It got yeah. sacrificed. So it was like whoever got their legend out first had like yeah. this huge advantage. So that's kind of game breaking. But like after that change, which that change happened like years ago. Oh yeah. yeah, Long, like long time ago. 15 to 20 years ago. Then the other ones have been small, almost cosmetic changes. Right. But to be like, yeah, we are starting to admit or floating a trial balloon of, yeah, we may have messed up this rule. <laughs> and or like, hey, just so you know, we're aware we might have messed up this rule. Yeah. Is crazy. Yeah. It's insane to think about, especially like as soon after releases it is. Yeah. Like because a month? Even though. Yeah. Well, not even. Like, even though it's been on Arena. Like, technically, the set didn't release until last weekend. Yeah. I guess the counterpoint there is, like, there have been so many games played on Arena and Magic Online. It's yeah. probably almost as much play as there would be on a an, in a normal release. Yeah. And that's where they get their data from. That's true. Right? They don't get their data from paper events as much. They're yeah. looking at, you know the things they can easily control and like scrape data from. Mm-hmm. And those are their digital platforms. But yeah, no, That's it true. is, it is crazy to think that they like, were like, Hey, we developed this mechanic. Yes, we did. It's a very good mechanic. Oh, it's great. Oh, yeah. Send it out the door. Cool. And it goes out the door and they're like, we've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> they became Job from uh, Arrested Development. I've made a terrible yeah. mistake. <laughs> Just instantly, it's like, whoa. Like, how long did you guys play this for that you yeah. made a terrible mistake? Like, again, this goes back to the, the play design points we made last week, right? Right. Oko, oh, this is good. And it, le- it like, gets spoiled and everyone goes like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then they were like, yeah, oops, we forgot. How- we didn't ever use Oko to... Beast within all of our opponent's stuff are bad. Like, did they not just put companions in their decks and go like, oh, like, I don't know why, but I have this warm, fuzzy feeling when I have an eight-card hand. This is great. (laughs) That's kind of the point that I made last week, though. That, like, if you handed Loris to anybody in the MPL, like, you'd have got slapped. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're thinking about printing this card. What do you think? Whack! Yeah, like what? Like, Batman <laughs> smacking Robin. Like, exactly. Like, no, you don't do that. I don't know how it's changed so quickly. Like, I yeah. don't know how you develop the set and play it. And then it takes people going like, oops, you missed this to not mm-hmm. even have an inkling that you missed it. <laughs> like, but not like, oh, you know, this is this is cutting it close, but hopefully it'll be OK and sending it out the door. 
if they were there at the like, eh, this might be too good. Maybe you like don't send it out because anytime you think something might be not might be a little too good or is close to that line, you're wrong yeah. and it's too good. Yeah, way far over that line. That kind of goes back to like me and you were just talking before the show a little bit. And you mentioned Sam Black, like during his stint at Wizards mm -hmm. was like, I know you said you couldn't find sources, so I don't want to, you know, say this is gospel truth, but you mentioned that he was like championing for companions to not make print because they would just break the game. Yeah. So Jim Davis had a video about three weeks ago talking about how to fix companion. And it was mm -hmm. some things that I think we've talked about before, you know, basically you have the companion, but you mulligan down to six or whatever. And he yeah. was like, if the, if good minds and magic are concerned about something that I'm concerned. And like, it's like Sam black was consulting with wizards during the development of the set and was against yeah. these going to print. So yeah. I did like a Twitter deep dive and I read some articles he wrote on SEG and I couldn't find that he said that. Right. But yeah, I mean, if people I mean, that are he's been very vocal about not liking companions though, even if you couldn't find a source for that. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know if you just keep missing, like you have to right. just take a step back and be like, Hmm, like I said, they, like they had to walk this line of if they're not good enough, they won't see play. Mm -hmm. But if they're too good, they break everything. Yeah. Or maybe they didn't realize if they were too good, they would break everything. Maybe it was like, well, if they're too good, they'll get played a lot, but it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But they were too good and they broke everything. Yeah. I understand wanting to like walk that like you want them to be played. But like when I looked at them, I was like meme card. Yeah, it's it's my Pokemon buddy. Yeah, it's like meme card, then like, ooh, wait, Loris is really good in depths. Mm. Right. <laughs> right. And then and then it just became like, oh, these are busted. But I think they wanted them to be somewhere closer to meme. And we just did yeah. not get there. So now we have an inkling, a feeling, as to why we didn't get a ban in standard. Yeah. And that is our next topic. Yeah, so this is like hot off the presses, um, like, like in between me getting home and us recording right now. Yeah, it's an article from Forbes, is that right? I guess that's where we're getting our magic information now is Forbes. Yeah, I mean, it does involve money, so I guess they're in. They're sure. like, yeah, we're in Forbes, mm -hmm. but yeah, they, um, they are holding an online tournament. Yeah. Like it, I mean, it sounds super sweet. This is a big event that anybody can sign up for in arena, like in its own tournament structure. You don't have to use third party software to find your pairings, yada, yada, yada. It's not Swiss pairing. So it's not like an actual tournament. But it is like an honest to God, competitive, like high stakes event with actual cash payouts. Yeah, physical salary dues. Yes, they um the the little logo they have is a planeswalker logo with three dollar signs at the bottom of it. They're really that's trying how to. You know. <laughs> that's how you know you're getting paid. That's right. Uh, so this is the arena open, and it's coming mm -hmm. to arena May thirtieth. Yeah, it's uh, 20,000 gold or 4,000 gems to enter. 
and I wasn't sure how much money that equated to, so I hopped into Arena and saw how much four thousand gems would cost. It's about twenty five bucks. Okay, I think if yeah. I did my math right, it um, sounds about right. Yeah, so about twenty five bucks to enter, which is a third the price of a GP admission, um, roughly half the price of a Star City Open. So that's not bad. No, for like an honest to god competitive event, your entry fee gives you the Godzilla lands the secret layer Godzilla lands. You don't actually get physical copies of them, but you get them for arena. So that's cool. Okay. And what I thought was awesome about this is it's being labeled as like their words were play at your own pace. So because there's no Swiss structure to the tournament, you have time windows where you sign in and you can play your games during those time windows. Um, And they're basically all day. So day one is May 30th from 8 a.m. until 7 a.m. on May 31st. So you have like almost 24 hours to get your seven games in. I think this is awesome because not only does it let you take a break and get away from like burning out. We've talked about that in the show before, too, how these long events can be really mentally strenuous. Um, you know, just getting up to eat dinner with your wife or, you know, going for a walk or something in between games can dramatically impact your performance. So it's cool that you have time to do that. And also, like, when I read this announcement, I was like, oh, man, I got to work on that day. I can't play in this tournament. And then I kept reading and, like, I can totally play in this tournament. I can yeah. get off of work and, you know, get seven games in. Yeah. I, so. I, I love your attitude. Seven games. Just bang them all out. No losses. <laughs> Well, I didn't say they were all in one shot because that's another thing this format lets you do is if you scrub out early, you get to re-up. Oh, you do? Absolutely. Okay, I, I got to the I got to the like the price payout at the bottom. I skipped some of that. So they, they're letting you buy back in. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. It is day one is completely open. So yeah, if you, you know, go five and two and you're like, Oh, I almost got there, go ahead and give it another shot. They are going to be just raking in the cash. Yep. Pretty so, much. So much money. Yep. If the Red Bull tournament got 4,700 people. Yeah. Times 25 bucks a piece. Yeah. Plus some number of them are going to re-up. But that was a tournament that you like had to use some sort of like discord pairing thing. And there yeah, was and like face when you booted up arena yeah there was like a higher bar to entry in terms mm-hmm. of like actual like technical doing stuff yeah like there's gonna be a ton of people that do this yeah so it'll be interesting to see if they actually release the participation numbers yeah i think if they're high they will because yeah. they'll be like look how successful this was yeah so you have an entire day to play game day one the format for day one is best of one. Right, which is a, a little, you know, whatever. But there's two ways to look at it. It's either good because it's best of one and, you know, you can jam a game and then take a break, go cut the lawn, come back, jam a game, you know, do something else, come back, jam a game. And you can do that a couple times, which is good for, you know, keeping your mental load down. But also I've seen a little bit of criticism saying that this also encourages people re-upping. 
you know, if you get all seven of your best of one games and you can do that in a couple hours, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, you give it another shot at noon and then you give it another shot at four and then you give it another shot at seven and then you give it another shot at midnight and, you know, you're down $150 and haven't gotten anywhere. Yeah. If you, if you were to look at it as a GP, now a GP, you are paying for a little bit of like experience, but by the time you factor in like hotel and entry fee, you're going to spend $150 now. You left your house. You probably went someplace that had different food than the Pop-Tarts and like (laughs) pizza rolls that you normally eat. Right. Right. That's all that's left in your cupboard after quarantine. Yes. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, you can can just end up like burning a ton of money Mm -hmm. uh, just by like, oh, go again. So I said best of one. And it's the like traditional arena um, uh, setup of seven wins or until you get two losses right to qualify for day two now yeah. I just, the day one payout is yeah. kind of like hysterically bad <laughs> it's not great it is but being paid out for day one which doesn't happen anywhere else true true but you know it's it's not it's not great it's it definitely is that kind of Oh, I went five two. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna re up, and you're basically yeah. re re upping at full price again, right? Almost, yeah, yeah. In like a normal arena event, your break even point is somewhere around like halfway, like four mm-hmm. wins, five wins. You're at like break even or a little ahead. Yeah. So for zero, one, and two wins, you get nothing. That's right. And you like it. Um, <laughs> for three wins, you get 400 gems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four wins gives you 800 gems. Five um, is 1,200. Yep. Six is 1,600. Okay. okay you, had a hell, yeah. you had a hell of a day. You yeah. went six and two. Here's, Here's like, less than half of your gems back. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you killed it. You got your seven wins. You're going on to day two. You get a day two token. Right, which you need to go to day two. And you get 2,000 gems. So that gives you... Half your money back. Half your money back. Another thing that was kind of buried in the announcement is you can only get one day two token. Okay. So if you you know kill it and get your seven wins super easy and you want to do it again... Don't. And you do it again, you don't get a second day two token. Or... You might how... get your second day two token, but you can only use one day two token yeah, on day it, two. Yeah, you can't like if you bomb out a day two, you can't then run it back. Right. With your second yeah, you day two token. Shot at day two. Yeah. So day two is where <laughs> I just looked at the, the notes and you did write dollar reduce. Uh, I did. <laughs> uh, so day two will be May thirty first. Mm-hmm. Uh you have to In- join before 10 a.m., which is how they used to do the Mythic Qualifier weekends or whatever they are called. Yeah, this one's a little bit more structured than day one. Yeah. So this is best of three. Mm-hmm. Again, seven wins or two losses. So, yep. like, you're you're committing to an entire day. Like oh, this, yeah. This, this, is, this will take you a whole day. This is not cutting the grass in between rounds. Like, you need all day. Right. So if you get one win in day two, 
you will get 2,000 gems, which mm-hmm. gets you to even for the event. And I mean, I guess that's almost halfway, right? That's halfway through the event. I guess if you look at the, the event as being the whole, like, 14 rounds, yes. So, yeah, you get to you get your money back, winning one round in in uh, day two, and yep. then two wins is four thousand gems. Yep. Uh, so it's the two thousand you got before plus four thousand. So here you're up twelve dollars or whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Then three then, wins is six thousand, and then we'll let you do the dollar do things and whatnot. Sure. <laughs> Four wins gives 10,000 gems. Uh, five wins is 20,000 gems. That's a whole lot of drafts. 20, what is I, it? 20,000 gems is, is that a hundred dollars worth of gems? I think. No. Yeah. It's less than that. No, if you do the, uh, if you do the hundred dollar bundle, I think it's 20, I think it's a hundred dollars. If you buy a hundred dollars worth of gems, I think it's 20,000 gems. All right. I think. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, if you get six wins, you get 1,000 actual factual dollars. Real world dollar dues, as is written yeah. here in my notes. Yeah, I wrote that. Yes, yes. <laughs> Mara then, comes uh, to your house with balloons and a big novelty check, like Publishers Clearinghouse style for the old oh, folks. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Uh, and then seven wins gives 2,000 real-world dollary dues. Becca Scott comes to your house with a check when you get seven wins. <laughs> That's uh, killer, though, that Arena's giving out you know cash prizes. That's awesome. Yeah. You, too, can have a W4 on file with Wizards or W9 <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever um, it is. It's a lot of wins. That, that is a lot of wins. I mean, it's a little more forgiving than GP, but not really. Because, yeah. like, a, a moderately sized GP, to day two, you've got to go 6-1-1 one, and one, or 7-1 to day two. Mm-hmm. Right? And then when I day two, that small legacy event, it was, like, was it 700 people? I would yeah, want, I like, 6-1-1. So. One, and one, Yeah. I think, yeah. And barely made day two, and yeah. then got paid at the dumbest record ever, 10, 2, and 3. <sighs> yeah, that's um, a pretty awful record. That is. But it kind of equates to 11-4, and 11-4 gets you paid. Um, that is correct. And that got me $100. Mm-hmm. So, right, if you go... If you get your seven wins on day one and then you get five wins on day two, that's like you've won 12 games, you get $100 in arena bucks. And then after that, yeah, and then after that, so basically getting 13 wins, which is like on the cusp of a top eight of a GP. Yeah, that's top eight on breakers, right? Yeah, usually. It's a thousand bucks, which then that pays out better than a normal mm-hmm. GP. Yeah, I think they mentioned in the article that if if two hundred people get like seven wins day two or whatever. No, that's not right. I forget what they said in the article. 
Yeah, it was gonna be. They could be upwards. They're talking about like being a two hundred thousand dollar payout. Yeah, which is, you know, way more than they give out at GP. Yeah, way more that. Okay, I'm getting out my calculator here because I can do this math in my head. But we're gonna make sure here. Yeah. Two hundred thousand. Yeah. Divided by twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. They would need eight thousand entries to cover a uh, hundred people getting to seven wins, not counting the people that get to six wins on right. day two. So, like, they're probably going to get way more than 8,000. Oh, yeah. Like, I think 8,000 is a conservative number. Yeah. Are you going to enter? It would require me to play standard, which I've not been yeah. a huge fan of. <laughs> but I might. Like, I probably will. Four thousand gems is a lot, but it's like two seals. Like I'll, mm-hmm. I'll live. Yeah, I'll probably only enter it once. Oh yeah, no, I wouldn't re up. Yeah, unless like, I went like six and two, and like felt like you got like you were just there, and you're like, oh, I gotta try to do this. Yeah, yeah, we we don't uh, get enough of our income. Well, we don't really get any income from the podcast. So you could like <laughs> write this off as like a business expense. You could yeah, be like, no. well, you know, I had to. I had to buy all these gems. It was a business expense. Like, no. That's <laughs> not how that works. But yeah, I think it's it's good that they are that they're trying to use arena for something like this. And what this mm-hmm. might allow to happen is this could be hopefully the start of like some sort of tournament software within the game. So fantastic. Magic Fest Online's don't have to be, you know. Yeah. Direct uh, challenge monstrosities. Direct challenge monstrosities through like Discord and Hope. Yeah. Like you just wouldn't have to deal with that. I yeah. think that if I were Channel Fireball, I'd be a little twitchy because this cuts you out of the Magic of the Fest Online. Magic Fest Online thing cuz it's just like yeah. Well, because like if I'm Watsy and I'm mm-hmm. watching CFB pay twenty get twenty five dollar entries from right. people like four or five days a week, yeah, and running these tournaments and paying out like real cash, mm-hmm. like I, I I'm sure they were like, why aren't we doing this? Why yeah. are we giving them a cut? And so if this is successful, like could they do one of these once a month? Like just doing this once a month or once a quarter or whatever, I think is like a baby step. Yeah. Like I think that's completely doable. I think people would do it and I would be excited for that. I think the actual step is to have like actual Swiss pairings. Yeah. Like make it like the magic online. Like like the mocks or something. The mocks, the, the challenges that are on there. That is a culture adjustment for people who play arena arena. yeah probably but like if you explain it and they do it and then you know they go play like you know best of one ranked until they get like a dialogue window that's like yo you've got to like click accept in the next 15 minutes Mm -hmm. or you forfeit or whatever right you could probably do that but yeah, no, yeah would, I mean, they could do that right through the messaging that's built into it, though. Yeah, but you could... I would think. Because, I mean, realistically, 
they're talking about like not having fans at baseball and football games maybe yeah like how far are we from like having a magic fest right this could be how we play competitive magic yeah through the end of the year i mean that makes me real well two things number one that makes me sad though i consider myself a much better player in paper than i am digitally yeah i don't i don't know what it is i just have an easier time in paper like with physical objects in my hands but number two like we were already done for the year huh what wasn't our the last event we were going to go to um charlotte or uh, not charlotte uh, dc in the R- fall or richmond oh, that or was all the way in the fall i thought there, it was over the summer there's one in october oh yeah well i have i've still not mess messaged uh cfb like i bought two golden tickets last uh thanksgiving like on black yeah. friday because yeah. i was like i'm gonna go to two gps i'm gonna buy my two golden tickets for like you know twenty dollars off mm-hmm. i'm good there are no events for me to go to no events you haven't emailed them yet no i haven't emailed them like yeah, we should probably do that. Should probably do that. I mean, I figure it's yeah. going to turn into like CFB store credit, or they're just going to refund me, or they'll be like, well, "It'll be good for next year," and I'll be like, "Okay, cool." Right, but I mean, you still do it though. You're you're yeah. done with Final Fantasy now. You don't have any excuse. <sighs> this is true. <laughs> I like. I came dangerously close to downloading the original Final Fantasy VII for my iPad. It's only sixteen dollars. Yeah. I was like, ah. I was like, I was like, I could like be on the couch beside you and doing this as opposed to being upstairs. Because I keep looking at my wife and she's like, "You want to go upstairs?" I'm like, "Uh huh," and I just disappear uh-huh. for hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know, it could you know, being portable could be good for my life. But yeah, these are these are exciting. This is something yeah. that is completely and totally different than what we have ever seen before. Yeah, super out of the blue too. Yeah, um, was not expecting it. There, there was some, there were some rumors flying around last week on the Twitters that did not materialize today. This might have yeah. been the thing that they were up in arms about. That there could be that the next uh, regional pro tour was going to be on arena. Was going to be on arena, and it was that it was going to happen soon, but. Well, this is certainly not a regional pro tour, though. It is definitely not. So I don't know if there was this person's intel who was on Twitter, like setting setting himself on fire. If his intel was bad, or yeah. if his intel is good, but this is getting announced this week, and then the next thing gets announced the following week. Yeah, one I thing mean, that, that has to be Swiss pairings, though, right? They're not going to do that arena pairings. I would assume so, but whatever they can do, what they want. Oh, I would be pissed. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were like, "Oh my god, I won't have an arena collection." What this is awful, and I'm like, "You were gonna before you were gonna like fly to a venue, spend like four hundred dollars yeah. on cards, right, and then play in this event, get a hotel room." Yeah, you could pay four hundred dollars yeah. for all the cards you need on arena, right, and you'd be good. I think this arena open thing, as we alluded to before, is why they didn't uh, make any standard bands. Probably. You don't, this is only like two weeks from now. Yeah. You, like you don't want to. It's less than two weeks from now. You don't want to blow up your standard format 
and say, hey, there's an event yeah. that we want you guys to participate in because they want people, they want as many people as possible mm-hmm. to participate in this. Yeah. Right. I mean, just think about like GP Richmond that we went to that was the Oko Pro Tour right. slash Oko GP. And right, they didn't ban Oko until after that. Yeah. Because they wanted to get through the Pro Tour. And attendance certainly hurt because of it. Yeah. I don't think that we're that bad right now. We're not going to be oh, no. 70%. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, Yorian, Luca, but you know, we're gonna be not great. I guess we have one more thing that was in there was a was a Watsi announcement today that we didn't talk about. Yeah, I didn't uh, didn't actually put this one in the show notes. So you want to talk about it or no? Absolutely, yeah, go for All it. Right, cool. So Watsi announced a program. It's like called like we love our LGS, and we do, and we do. And so any event you enter at an LGS starting June 5th, you will get a foil reliquary tower. Yeah, it's like a super, it's like a new promo with a special promo reliquary tower. Yeah. And if you buy a box of Aquaria or Mystery Boosters after June 5th, you get... Mecha Godzilla Mobile Fortress, aka uh-huh. Hangerback Walker, with like alt art Godzilla frame. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, the card's sick. Uh huh. Like, I so wish it was Walking Ballista though. Yeah, and the fact that it's Hangerback Walker is like fine. The card still sees a lot of play, yeah. but like Walking Ballista sees infinitely more play. Yeah, but. Yes. Uh, so if you're going to make a purchase, if you're going to buy Mystery Boosters or a Mystery Booster box or an Ikoria box in June and your options are like buy it from Amazon or like find a local game store, definitely yeah, find, find a it. local game store. Because realistically, the Hangerback Walker is probably 20 to $50 for just that card. Like they're Probably, basically yeah. they're basically giving you twenty to fifty percent off your box mm-hmm. by handing you the walking ballista. Yep. So that is definitely something that you should probably take advantage of. Is just yep. you know getting money off. Yeah, they're also doing art prints for something too, and it's um like a Korea, you know, set art. Yeah. It's super cool. Um, I'm not sure what you have to do to get one of those, but they're giving those out at stores also. Yeah, I think the card the cards are what were super exciting. Yeah, I mean the art prints are neat though. Yeah, but but yeah, Hangerback Walker is. Yeah, if you the can get if you can get yourself a Hangerback Walker, you should probably do that. Absolutely. And I'm assuming that I know that with uh, Nexus of Fate, people said, oh. Like, we've printed a ton of these. They shouldn't be that expensive. And people were like, some shop owners might not have known what they had and threw them, like, in a drawer or something. I'm going to assume that everyone's going to be trying to wring every nickel out of everything for Uh the foreseeable future. And these these are going to bring in a reasonable number of nickels. 
Absolutely. So I don't think any are going to get thrown in a drawer. So there should be a reasonable supply, but it's not going to be a ton. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's, it's not going to be so many that they're not going to have value, but I would still think that they're going to be hard to get your hands on. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it was super neat looking. Yeah. Super cool. Now to the thing that had other than Final Fantasy VII Remake that <laughs> made it so I did not want to play Magic. Yeah. Our the deck. Was uh, Grixis, Yorian, Luca Fires. What did you think about Grixis, Yorian, Luca Fires? So I started our show notes so I could like rail about the deck and have it actually be something that we could use as I was playing it. <laughs> My record for the week I was playing best of one because I was of the mindset of this deck can't win game ones why am I trying to make it win game two and three post board like clearly the deck's not built right I went uh nine and 21 oh you did way worse than I I mean I did not do good but you went way worse than I did I gave up on it the first day I was like, okay, I'm going to get my four wins. And I went four and eight. Yeah. And then two days later, when I brought myself to play it again, I went four and nine. Mm-hmm. And then I went like one and five and was like, I'm going to play Brawl. I'm out. <laughs> or one and four or something. I was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm out. I played best of three, uh, not on the ladder. I did some challenges because I didn't want to grenade my rank with this thing okay so i did some challenges um i think i did four challenges and i don't i didn't do better than three and two in any of them but i also don't think i did worse than two and two in any of them yeah um i was playing best of three though yeah and uh i was able to stay at plat two somehow yeah (laughs) somehow Uh, somehow i don't know how all right so I think the deck is like firmly in the middle. And what mm-hmm. I mean for that by that is it's too small for the big decks. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, the Jeskai version of this deck um, and some of the like, uh, like Bant ramp strategies. Like you're not right. doing stuff that's big enough consistently enough. Yeah. But it's also too big for the little decks right yeah, like so okay oh, those decks kind of like just go over the top of you but you're not quick enough to go under them yeah and then for the small decks it's not big enough to bury them right but it's big enough that they can get under it yeah and so there's thing i kept noticing is there's no way to catch up game one Right. If the little decks go wide, there's no sweeper in the main mm-hmm. deck to right. try to catch you back up. Yep. And if the big like fires deck stick a turn four fires, like there's no way to interact. You just sit there helpless because you're in Grix's colors. Right. So yeah, there's not a whole lot you can do. There's not anything you can do. So I felt like a lot of the games came down to play draw. Yeah. Like you both have a Yorian and they go, they get to turn four before you and they go fires. And mm-hmm. then their turn five is Luca, steal a land, uh, Yorian, 
steal another land, and you're done. Pretty much. And it's like, I I had no agency in this game. Like, none of the cards that you have in that deck allow you to interact with that in any meaningful way. Yep. I said the deck plays too many unplayable cards. Yeah. The, um, uh, it plays actual creatures, which are a problem. A and we'll get into that problem. in a minute. But the creatures that they play are like creatures that don't matter. Like you're playing these slightly overcosted creatures that like make your opponent discard cards. So it plays like Burglar Rat and um, your X Factor. Mm-hmm. And like they just don't do anything. And since they get to choose, I've like double or triple discarded opponents and they still go fires Luca Yorian on turn um, four and five after like ripping their hand apart. And I'm just like, I, I, I was supposed to win this game. The blue mythos is also wildly unplayable in this deck. Garbage. I have no idea who's who's thought it was to put that in this deck. I have copied lands with it to make sure I hit my land drops. Yeah. Like it doesn't do anything. It's so bad. Yeah. The mana is horrific as well. Yeah, Grixis doesn't get a try land like Jeskai does. It doesn't get a try land. And you're also you've got black black for Fenlurker. Yeah. One blue blue for Narset. Yeah. And, and then, then you need red, red for Luca. And red red for Luca if you don't hit your fires in your eighty card deck. Yeah. So like you just have all these like greedy mana costs and like bolus is like basically uncastable unless you have fires. <laughs> um Yeah. I mean I've cast without a fires, but blue, it's not easy. Blue, black, 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 red, like no. Yeah. Like, I repeatedly, like, would bottom Narsets off Scrys because mm-hmm. I was like, I- I'm never going to cast this. Yeah. Like, I well, don't have two blue. Yeah. I mean, that leads right into the next point that this isn't a Narset deck either. Yeah. I have here, I can probably raise this number. I missed yeah. with Narset three times in a row that I know of. Yeah. Like, that shouldn't happen. If you have a Narset deck, like, every so often you're going to hit four lands mm-hmm. but the number of times I hit like two lands and two creatures yeah this is like and no like that's the point that I alluded to earlier is that the Jeskai version like all of the creatures are spells that you can hit with Narset yeah that's uh what is it the raise the alarm and omen of omen of the sea the and the saga over to the uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. omen of the sun and the, the saga Birth of so you can find them off, yeah. You can find them off your Narset though. So when you you know tick up your Narset, you're like, oh okay, here's my creature for Luca in two turns. And when you tick up Narset in this deck, you're like, oh here's a Fibblefip that I can't take. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, buddy. You are yeah. still lost at the bottom of the deck now. A slight aside on this, and then we'll get back to you know talking about whatever. But on the fact that we're talking about like the cre- the creatures not being spells is because they're not spells and they're creatures, you can Luca into them if you're not careful. So a couple times I found myself like using using a mythos or like an agent 
to either copy or steal something like just to stabilize me before like I went off. And then if you use that creature for Luca, you end up hitting a burglar rat instead of your agent. Yeah. Like you play your agent and you steal their shark. Yeah. Or if they had like a big fox or something. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to get an, oh no. Yeah. I just turned a 7-7 seven, seven fox into a burglar rat. Thanks, Luca. Yeah, good job, buddy. Um <laughs> those are those are awkward. Uh, I think at one point I was I think I wrote to you uh the narcissist's only in here to troll you. Like <laughs> yeah. it's only here to make you feel bad. Yeah. It did not work well. I've kind of reiterated this to you a couple times, but I I think that the deck is like fundamentally flawed. And I don't know that any amount of tuning will fix it. Yeah. So I, um, I don't want to make it sound like we had totally given up. I right. did try to replace. I basically took out all the creatures and started trying to put in amass spells. So I meant to ask you this earlier. Which amass spells did you try using? I did like a weird mix of like just two and three of to try to get, like just see what I liked. But okay. I used um, Dreadhorde Invasion. Okay. I used Toll of the Invasion. Which one's that? The discard spell, the two and a black. Oh, okay. Discard, amass one. Yeah. And then uh, I tried, and it was a terrible idea. I should not have done it. Uh, what is it? Widespread Panic. Well, that was one I was going to ask you about because I thought that that might solve two problems for you. Where where it would be like the catch up mechanism. Yeah. But what what it lacks is because it deals damage, yeah. right? Like they have like a four four fox. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, you would have had to have some more mass out before yeah. it starts. I only played a handful of games. I think I might have left the fibble tips in, not thinking about hitting them with oh. Luca. Uh, yeah. Not that I ever got to like do a Luca thing, but yeah, I cut the the rats for actual cards that did things. Um, what about um? Did you try Callus Dismissal? That was one I thought about. I didn't put it in. I think that that was one of the first things I had thought about because it gives you a way to like. Um, it's a little bit of tempo. Yeah, it gives you a way to like slow down the aggressive decks. It yeah. might be better to play like more spot removal where you're playing uh, like that, uh, fire, fire prophecy. Edge? Yes. That one, like, the one black, black. Two two. Yeah. Like that's fine. It runs into the same problem as like, as you say, like fire prophecy, right. where if a Fox gets too big, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Right. And that's, I think one of the problems is you get a lot of cards that end up not doing anything. Yeah, but like Callus Dismissal is great against Fox, though, because you just reset it. Yeah. No, I think Callus Dismissal will be good. I think if you were going to try to play this deck, you would just want to pull out all the creatures and put in a bunch of token makers. But the token makers you have in the Grixis colors are kind of medium spells. Yeah, you get, um, what's the one from Throne? Satyr's Cunning or whatever? Uh, yeah, I, oh, I was playing, was it Mask of Immolation? Oh, yeah, that's kind of cute. Yeah, so I did, because it gives you a permanent, you get to reset and get your 1-1 back. Yeah. So it like, lets you, like, block and then sack a thing. 
that was fine, but I don't know. It's kind of like the burglar rat issue, right? Where the card's kind of unplayable and like too often just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's reasonable against like mono red, though. Yeah, yeah, it does give you like you know a block your thing, throw my thing, kill your other thing, which you kind of desperately need. And we have on here, like, part of it is because you're not white, you don't have access to Teferi. Yeah, I think that's the biggest glaring problem with this deck, is that this was in the article that you were referring to earlier, but I think I had, like, we, me and you had talked about this privately, like, before that article came out, is that, like, the tempo play that Teferi gives you is exactly what Fires wants to be doing. It comes down and gives you like a little tempo advantage, like the turn before fires comes out. And then your opponent has to spend their next turn answering Teferi or Teferi runs away with the game. And because they're spending their next turn answering your Teferi, you know that you're clear for fires the next turn and you're like almost guaranteed to get a mana advantage out of fires. Yeah. And if like, so let's say, you bounce their three drop, right? You're yep. on the you're on the draw, and you bounce their three drop. Well, if they as long as they don't play a hasty four drop, you know your Teferi is going to be there. Right. And the way the Jeskai decks are built, you just are like, you know, fires shatter the sky, and now you've got a Teferi plus you ate their four drop, and you got your fires down all in like a two turn span. Yeah. And there's nothing like without a shatter of the sky and without a Teferi, you don't have that like Teferi being a catch all answer. Right. right. The number of times where like my opponent played a fires and I was like, I can't do anything about this. Like I just lose now because you can do actual. About it. I, you know, I, you know, where if I was just guy, I would like Teferi bounce their fires or, you know, I would have ticked up my Teferi the turn before and then been able to bounce their fires and then play my own fires and like start to kind of get a game going as opposed to just being like, well, I have no agency here. Like if you were super all in on the, the Luca plane where you need creatures, I think that like to make up for the lack of Teferi, which is a huge thing, like is you could play like thought erasure and some like discard so you have something early to do against the big decks but that's really bad against like mono red because you're like i spent two mana to take a one one what about um vraska the uh, uncommon vraska from war that makes i thought about her does it, make death touchers? it does make death touchers so that could work i just like her being four seemed awkward and i mean you would get to like in theory make two death touchers and then reset it which is all you want to do with your Yorion anyway. And like, you know, you get to sack your, your tokens like that could work, but being four is just not as good as being three, three and tempo play. Yeah. And also like if, if you think that Veraska takes the spot of say Omen of the sun, right? Omen of the sun, you get those tokens right away. Yeah. As opposed to getting them on like a two turn installment plan. Now, granted, the Vraska tokens are better. Mm-hmm. I also thought about well, they're like kind of a 
spell. Mm-hmm. I also thought about Tybalt as like a three oh, mana. Yeah, yeah three Tybalt's ma- not, not a bad idea. No, it's three mana, gets you two one ones. It could be reasonable. But I think the deck need the deck one felt like it needed more creatures. Creatures that aren't creatures to right. <laughs> to get with your uh to have hits for your Luca. I mean you could play the the new one too, Forbidden Friendship or whatever. Yeah. I thought about that. I was like, is this card good enough? I don't know. It's a two it's no, I, a, guess, I guess it's worth raising alarm. Yeah, because it's not an instant. But yeah. I was gonna say it's a two mana two two on some level. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think that the like I understand the like idea of like oh I'm gonna have like a burglar rat and I'm gonna blink it and I'm gonna like mm-hmm. make them discard another card. If things have gone well, when you go to blink your stuff, they have no cards. They just don't have anything. So what about uh, Storm's Wrath? Did you think about that at all? I had not. I had not. I was, I was thinking more like Ritual of Set, but Storm's Wrath would also be good. Yeah, I mean, Storm's Wrath would clean up like Teferi's and Narsets and stuff too. Yeah, but it also cleans up your Narset, which is an issue. Yeah. We might not have played as much with this deck as we would have liked, but it was also just, it was not a fun experience. <laughs> I also had uh, some other things to do. My wife ran into some professional issues this weekend, so I had to deal with that, and then... uh it was pre-release, so I had pre-release yeah. going on too. So I didn't have a ton of time to play, but I mean, I did put some games in. If I'd have been winning forty-five to fifty-five percent of my games, it would have been a different story. I probably would have like worked harder to get it to, you know, from forty-five to fifty or fifty-five to you know try to get you know yeah. to sixty or more consistent or something that felt better. But like winning thirty, it was like I feel like I just have to like blow up the whole thing. <laughs> and this is also yeah. something that people talk about is when you're playing or building a deck are you just a worse fill in the blank and the answer is yes yeah in this case you're just a worse jeskai worse you're just worse than jeskai deck i couldn't figure out what the black cards were giving you that were better than the white cards you know i mean it wasn't like like it wasn't like i it's not like you go black because you get x y and z and that answers something a specific problem in the metagame, right? It's It was kind of like you played black cards because you didn't want to play white cards. Or Basically. You wa- or you wanted to be different, which I'm down for. Like, fine. <laughs> but it just it just felt like you'd put in a whole bunch of work and you would still have a worse version of a deck that already existed. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm on board. So, so we have to come up with a, a new deck to adopt. Did yeah, the, I mean, by the time listeners are listening to this, we'll have already chosen, but... <laughs> yeah, so did anyone on Discord have any suggestions? Uh, yeah, one person mentioned Gruel Fires. Okay. I guess there's a Gruel Fires list running around. Yeah, that's... I had seen, like, a real early version, like, a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if that's the list he was referring to or not. I might be kind of over Fires after yeah. this week. So I, don't, I don't know if I, think, I really want to do that. I but. think that's, like, the... Uh, what is it like? Questing beast. Uh, yeah. What is his name? The companion, the bad one, the three two. Oh, um, the green white one. Yeah, because uh, whenever I played against it, my opponents always went um, uh, a boreal grazer 
into attack me for one on turn two because they got to play the Kahira into yeah. like uh like fire's questing beast or Embercleave. Yeah. And I was just like, oh cool. I I did see a gruel or not a gruel, a jund list, a jund Kahira list that wasn't fires that looked neat. I don't know if that's necessarily something we want to do for the adopted deck, but I thought it looked cool. Yeah, my thought was we could do uh, Blue-Green Mutate, because that's a deck that's kind of floated around. Absolutely. I'm in for some Mutate shenanigans. That's what I was working on in Brawl all weekend. There you go. And it also is pretty cheap on the wild cards. Yeah. There's just a few rares in it, Mm -hmm. so I'll try to find us a list, um, and we can give that a go. I'm Uh, in for that. Yeah. It definitely has draws where you just don't get to do anything against it. I'm sure it also <laughs> has draws where they have one removal spell and the game ends. <laughs> it's not quite that bad. I messed around with Mutate a little bit early in this format. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, not, it's not great, but it's not that bad. I mean, when you get to get like three permanents and play off your Star X, like you did it. Yeah. The easy mode is like Shore Shark into Archipelagor. Okay. You just date everything they ever do i've also seen the uh sloth uh, or royal grazer and then you put the four four body on it mm-hmm. and then you just uh yeah. get smashed by a four four does this deck run a companion uh i think it runs the green black guy oh mori yeah 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 because it's just all creatures you're right we'll try that that should be a little all right i'm in for that be a little interesting. So I also saw a Mardu Winota deck. Okay, it looked really cool. I don't have Winotas or wild cards for Winotas, so we can't play that one. But it looked super sweet. I've not seen that. All right, let me see if I can find it real quick. It was I just saw it right before we started recording. So I was I went to CFB Pro to look at the um, the standard power rankings for the week. And it's uh, Yorian, Jeskai, Luca, then Cycling. And number three is other Yorian decks. <laughs> Just in general, other Yorian decks? Just deck. in general. I played against uh, a Jeskai control deck that had Zerta as the companion. Yeah, that's weird. Well, between Sharknado and all the Planeswalkers... Every permanent, just a free roll. every permanent you play has an activated ability, so then you just play that, and you just get your free 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. All right, so I found this list. It's uh, Grim Initiate, Fight as One, Lezatep, Reaver, uh, General's Enforcer, alongside Judith, Tajik, and Hakdos. And then you get Winota and uh, Annex, and Raise the Alarm, and Embercleave. Yeah, I thought it looked kind of neat. Yeah, no, it's definitely something different than we've seen. Judith is a pretty spicy hit off of Winota Trigger, I think. <laughs> Can you just give your board, like, plus plus three, plus zero, if not more? Right. So I think that's pretty much everything. Yeah, I don't think I have too much else to, uh, to chime in this week. That was a pretty exhaustive recoup of today's events, plus our... Trials and tribulations yeah. with uh, Greg, Yuri, and Luca fires get over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I know we haven't done the data sheets as much, but on some level, like magic doesn't feel as real right now. No, it certainly feels like there's nothing you're working towards right now. Yeah. And even if we didn't have an event coming up immediately, like we were always kind of staying in the loop because there was an event looming at some point. Yeah. And now there's just no, not even an inkling of an idea of when we might get to play an actual big event in paper again. So, yeah. And this came up on, again, on arena deck list, like Emma handy presented a question. It was like, what can these online tournaments do to like be better? And Jerry was like, it just doesn't feel like I'm engaged with them. And yeah. like, yes, there's coverage, but I don't care because right. like, I'm not watching to play an event. Because uh, I'm not like you know an online like super grinder or anything, yeah. And like it used to be like you know hey, it's the weekend, let me see what's on coverage. It was right. kind of like you know it's nerd football, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Saturday, I bet you there's a tournament on. Oh, it's Sunday, I bet you the other part of that tournament's on. You know, I've made that exact reference to my wife before where she's come in and asked me what I was doing. And I said, oh, you know, I got I want to see at least the top eight of this event. So I'm watching watching this event on Sunday. And I said, I feel like I should have, you know, played a Buffalo Wings in front of me watching football. Yeah, but it's magic, not football. Right. And you've like lost that that event nature of it. Right. Yeah. Like. It's almost like if there's coverage all the time, there's not coverage. Right, yeah, there's there's nothing novel about it. Yeah, because, like, yeah, I can go right now on CFB's, like, Twitch page Mm -hmm. or YouTube page or whatever it is and watch some coverage, but it just, it doesn't feel like it matters or, like, it has, like, there's any urgency to it. Yeah. Not only that, but it doesn't have the same production value either. It's yeah. like you're you're watching, you're just watching a stream instead of watching an event. Yeah. So when things get back to normal, we will probably work on the meta game again. Also, yeah. I can tell you what the meta game is: Pokemon. <laughs> you play a Pokemon, find your favorite Pokemon, and you put them beside you, and you're like, "Hey, buddy, we're doing this." And the best Pokemon is the uh, space is the Sky Noodle. The just, Sky Noodle. Just Sky Noodle it up. Look at him. He's he's a he's a noodle in the clouds is so yeah we'll we'll get back to normalcy one of these days but one of these days until then you can tweet at us at casual tripod i do still try to when i see a list that catches my eye or like lists pop up i try to retweet them just especially when it's like something different yeah i've tagged you in a couple lists i thought were interesting too that you've then reposted yeah so if you want to do something like that like you know if you want me to keep doing that or you see an interesting list let us know mm-hmm. uh, you can also hit us up on facebook casual tryhard mtg as always you can drop us an email at show at casual tryhard mtg.com i check our email all of the time usually two or three times a day um i think i've had more correspondence with listeners through email than like any other social media. So if that's how you want to talk to us, feel free. Uh, Don't forget about our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Link should be in the description, or you can just type it in 
like I said, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Um, again, f- just to reiterate, our uh, our quick spec is a uh, Doran, the perfect pet, uh, the Godzilla frame spite drag or sprite dragon. I think they're have the potential to see some pretty big gains. So maybe jump in on those. We also have our Patreon. If you want to contribute to the show a little bit more meaningfully there, we would greatly appreciate it, but don't feel like you have to. We know times are tough right now. They're tough for everybody. Um, it's patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG. We do have our discord server up and running. So follow our pin tweet on Twitter is a invite to our discord server hop in there and we talk about all sorts of stuff and we will probably also post a list for the uh adopted deck in there also yeah we did last we did last week we'll find something when i get on the play arena i check this and stuff uh Mm -hmm. i I check the discord and like throw some stuff up so yeah the arena is cool or not the arena the uh, discord's cool i'm finding myself liking it more than i thought i would there you go yeah someone has a has something in here and show ideas look at that yeah, crazy. Yeah, craziness, doing our jobs for us. <laughs> so, yeah, do that, too. If you got anything you guys want to hear about, post it up in show ideas and let us know. Yeah. So with that, I think that's a show, right? I believe that is a show. We will catch you guys on Discord. Yeah, we'll see you on Discord. <laughs>